The following podcast is an enticing media production. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You are now socially obligated to pour yourself a drink and welcome to the Drunk Squirrel. me sitting on a spinny stool. This is dangerous. <laughs> it is. Hold on a second. I need to put my eyes on. <laughs> You're getting old. I forgot to do that before I hit record. <laughs> we just had that conversation. So, yeah, yeah you're... Be- between this episode and the last episode, yeah, I mean, you what, aged like 20 years? It did my... That's why I keep my goatee really <laughs> short anymore, because when it gets too long, you really see the gray. It's of hanging out with Craig too often. So, you know, <laughs> it keeps you young at heart and the, the yeah, fear. Yeah. The it's fear the, definitely ages you a bit, it's, though. It's the fear. So, but anyway. So, welcome to uh, another episode, episode number two, three, four. four. You still have five fingers of, the, count that of, the, of the Drunk Squirrel podcast if you're not counting the trailer. Um, Kenny here with Rob on a spinny Hey-o. stool. He is not in his normal seat. Uh, no. This week, because we have a special guest. So, um, Rob, would you like to you know talk about our special guest? Sure. So, the terrifying bit is uh, this is actually my boss. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll find out how I did on Monday. Uh, but she is the pastor for the church that I work for, Kenny attends. And, uh, yeah, she's, she's in talking with us today. She chose the drink, and uh, we'll let her speak to that. But, Pastor Robin. Well, hi, nice to be with you. Um, Yes, so I got to choose the drink, which was really fun. Um, The first time Rob asked me, I was like, "Uh, let me think about it. And about five minutes later, which is pretty much what happens every time Rob asks me a question, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, no, we got to drink Presbyterians. So um, I discovered this drink when I was looking for a signature cocktail for my sister's wedding. And I was like, oh, we have a cocktail? <laughs> and it's great. So it's a little bit of bitters and equal parts bourbon, ginger ale, and club soda. And it is a lovely drink for the afternoon, in my opinion. Uh, what do you think, Ken? I can say I agree. And surprisingly, <laughs> I agree. Um, because I am not a whiskey, bourbon, scotch drinker by any stretch of the imagination. I find most of them to be pretty disgusting. So, but part of this was that whatever drink was chosen specifically by the guest or, or Rob and I, but obviously if you have a guest, it could go off the rails. You have no idea what they're going to choose. Well, okay. Okay. Before you go too far into that, because we're going to have some guests in the very near future mm-hmm. <laughs> who terrify me in some respects and I love them dearly, <laughs> but Viper wine is not on that list. No, no. Okay. Do you want to try try I, wine with I, a snake in it? I, I don't. Okay. I hadn't. No. Yeah. So I think we can put Viper wine on that. Yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah. And I, you we, know who you are. We can. <laughs> so we could, we could tell him, feel free to drink it. He but can we're drink not. it. <laughs> but we're we'll not. Have, we'll have the ambulance on standby. <laughs> well, I'm glad you like it. But yes. I didn't mean for it to be a challenge no, well, for it, all guests ahead. No, I feel like it's a, it's a cool, like, um, way to dig into some things that I don't normally drink and maybe so try some things that I haven't in a while that I didn't used to like and maybe you know, my palate's changed a little bit. So, um, 
Well, hey, I mean, last episode you were talking about maybe when you get older, you would like to be that guy who sits there with a glass of scotch or mm-hmm. bourbon or whiskey and can sip at it. And This is your gateway drink. This <laughs> this is my gateway drink. <laughs> the only thing I need, I want one of those cool big like ice spheres, though. Um, or the big, uh, or the yes. big cube, yes. like those things are the coolest thing. I feel like that is you're awesome. very sophisticated. If you and those <laughs> go very well in this, that's but, what I'm saying. You know. So I, I need to get some other ice molds mm-hmm. if we're going to continue to do this in the home studio. Um, so that's on the list. Some, uh, you know, some ice molds. So I just want to pick on you because you want to be so sophisticated. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm struggling with that. Word. I'm not all that sophisticated, <laughs> but I feel like. I will be if I have the big ice mold, but okay. Targets any, to aim for. Anyway, so that's that's my that's my goal. So, uh, Robin, you we've talked about a little bit about you are the pastor at our church, the one that Rob works for, the one that Nell and I attend. Um, <laughs> but past that, uh, would you like to say a little bit about yourself so you can share whatever you like? Um, and so the floor is yours for a few minutes if you like. Well, I've, I've been at this particular church for almost eight years, which is um, a lot to think about. And in those, in the last five years, I got married and had two kids and moved to a bigger house. So each kid had a bedroom, which was very crucial. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> crucial. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my life has changed a lot um, in the last eight years since I came to St. Andrews. Um, before that, I was at a church in the Harrisburg area, and that's that was the first place I lived in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So I, we talked a little bit about before we started recording um, how you ended up in Pennsylvania. And uh, so you are from Southern California. Yes. And I'm look, we were looking at each other like, <laughs> what are you? And considering it's like 30-some degrees today yeah. and kind of gloomy and cloudy, and it's just like, why? how? Yeah. Why did you end up here from Southern California? So would you like to talk a little bit about why well, or how you ended up here? Sure, but I am going to start with the cop-out answer. It really is a God <laughs> thing. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> when I was applying to colleges, the joke was I wouldn't apply anywhere where it snowed. <laughs> um so i went to college in santa barbara it was great i loved it no um, snow no no, no snow? snow okay good no snow <laughs> um but a few years of sort of wandering after college i did some teaching i did some temp work and then i ended up um sort of on this path where it was like you said you were going to go to grad school so you're going to go and i was like i don't know <laughs> um And a few things happened in a few days where I said, well, I'll just apply and see. And I knew if I was going to go to seminary, I should look at Princeton Theological Seminary, which is in New Jersey, Mm -hmm. because it was Presbyterian. And I grew up in a California Presbyterian church, which isn't really Presbyterian. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll take your word for it. So I needed to know what it really was. Um, So that... That's how I ended up on the East Coast in New Jersey. And honestly, Pennsylvania, my first tie was I had such a hard time with New Jersey roads. You know, those jug handles. Oh, oh yeah. Those yeah. are those are wild to me. Even I didn't know what people were talking about. It's hard to like you look at it like what you do what? <laughs> and so here I am in my little Civic and I'd stop at a signal and I need to turn left. And it said no turns. I'm like, well, how well, every I- signal has said no <laughs> turns. Like I have to turn. <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know, it was like 
two months I lived in New Jersey before someone like literally drew me a diagram and I understood this. It took me a while to get oh it too. I got to be honest with you because Nell's friend Jessica lives in Jersey. We go yes. out there and I'm still baffled by the whole concept of it. Yes. But, you know, it is what it is. So my second year I did an internship at a church just over the border in Pennsylvania. And it's like I knew when I crossed the border and I was like, oh, okay. It's just a little easier. <laughs> So yes. I began my fond feelings for Pennsylvania no quite jug. a long time ago. So all it took was no jug handles, and, and you fell in love with Pennsylvania. I, I mean, we got yes. potholes. We have potholes. but California know. has potholes. <laughs> I feel like it, we, do, we, do, we give Pennsylvania a hard time about potholes, but everybody has potholes, yeah. I'm sure. Well, and don't okay, get me wrong. I love New Jersey now. But, I mean, New Jersey, it took me two full years to love New Jersey. Yeah, I like <laughs> South Jersey. Mm. North Jersey is just eh, okay, but I like South Jersey. Well, South Jersey, you're getting closer to the beaches. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Now Always you know a where. Good I'm, thing. Now you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if the beaches in North Jersey, but I mean, it's yeah, just it's more uh, sure. I'm a yeah. I'm a, I'm a Kate. I mean, on the east, I'm a Cape May guy. I love Cape May. I love Cape May. Cape May is a really really cool town, and then all the little places around the Avalon, you know, that type of stuff. They're cool, cool little beach towns, but not like they don't have all the normal like big hotels that are right mm-hmm. there on the beach it's it's more quaint and you know quirky funny for me though it took me a while to figure it out but it wasn't the weather that was the hardest thing for me it was not being able to see the horizon well oh okay so when you live by the ocean you can just go stare at the horizon yeah. um so it took me a long time to figure that out but i felt a little bit claustrophobic mm-hmm. i can understand that yeah because yeah, you can you're looking out over the water you can kind of see forever right see forever you, i mean yeah so and there's something I, very soul searching about that. I, I understand. Yeah, I'm a. My happy place is by the water. <laughs> um, anybody that knows me knows that. I, I just love being by the water anywhere. So, yeah. um, so well, that's awesome. So, and then you ended up uh, in Lebanon. I did, and that also is just a part of the journey, and. I think that's kind of one of the amazing things about when I ended up at seminary, it became this journey that I was taking a ride with and didn't know where it was going. And this is a part of it. Wow. Well, that's pretty awesome. So I have a question. Where along this journey from growing up until going to seminary, where in that period did you decide that this is what you wanted to do? Um, not till I was like halfway through seminary. Okay. And that's why it took me so long to go. Cause I didn't feel like it was fair to go unless I knew that's what I was supposed to do. Sure. But I didn't, I did not, I'd never met a woman pastor till I was in college. Hmm. We didn't even go to church until I was in like fourth grade, I think. Um, and, but church is a place that I really figured out that like there are communities that become, become your family. Yeah. And it really made me fall in love with that concept of church, like this place that can be a community of people from all sorts of different places that come together and care for each other. Even though you might not normally be friends in other places, you might sit next to each other in a bar and be like, "Um, I'm going to turn the other way. (laughs) But you're in a church, and so there you are. Right, yeah. And you are people on a journey together, wherever that goes. Yeah. I mean, personally, I've... you know. Speaking to the community aspect of it, I mean, I've have you know, Nell and I've met lifelong friends um, at this church, and you know, I went to growing up, 
I went to Sunday school and was confirmed at a Catholic church, but we didn't go to church. I just was forced to go to Sunday school. Um, so, yes, the Presbyterian, Presbyterian Church, St. Andrews, is the first one that actually, like, attended. Um, well, to pick on you and draw some things out, I mean, mm-hmm. were you attending? What kind of church were you attending? I wasn't attending any church. Sorry, what kind of church Sunday school were you going to? It was Catholic. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, it was... And the whole kneeling thing was weird, so... <laughs> There's too much <laughs> kneeling in the Catholic church. It's like... I mean, I don't know. I, just, I don't know. But, yeah, I did, we, didn't even, we didn't even go to church, like, at Christmas and Easter or anything like that. It's just like... I don't know why my parents ended up, like, mm. you're going to Sunday school. I don't understand how that came to be because they didn't go to church mm. so i think sometimes it was to, it was to make my grandparents happy mm. be like all right well we're gonna meet you in the middle and send him to sunday school <laughs> so i feel like that's where it went so mm. but yeah so rob do you uh have anything uh to any other questions as far as how that came to be i yeah i see i've heard bits and pieces of that story for over the years because Actually, you've been here eight years because I'm at eight and a half. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it, I'll have to talk about that sometime. You will. <laughs> I just, I still can't imagine how crazy it must have been to be hired and six months later for them to hire another pastor. That was a sticking point for me. I guess I'm talking about it now. Um, <laughs> That was a huge When I threw it back over to you, I was kind of hoping for something like this. I'm like, okay. Um, I've been with churches in that transition before where I have no idea what's going to happen or who's coming on, and it did not end well. So walking into that situation again, I was like, I don't think I want to be here. But, you know, again, it was that God thing where it's okay, this is where I'm supposed to be, and uh, six months later, you come on, it's Okay, I, I think I see where this is going, and now we're eight years on, and And then smokes. my very first day. <laughs> oh, I forgot about this. <laughs> oh, I'm going to find something else. Oh, this is great. So the very first know. day, like, we have church, and then we have home communion, and some people who you know very well were having a Super Bowl party. So, And I wasn't in town yet. I was commuting from Hummelstown, where my sister lived, because mm. I didn't have a place here. And so I was like, okay, and I'm doing all of these things. And so I was at someone random person's house and then at the Super Bowl party. And Rob's like in the middle casually and with a beer in his hand. Is there anything I should know? I'm like, I don't like surprises. (laughs) (laughs) And the next day your office was filled with balloons. And, and that explained, like, the funny look in your face because when I said love surprises, you're like, oh, and you took a sip of your beer and walked away. I was going to say, so I'm guessing it was planned before she told you. It had already like happened. Oh, I got you. <laughs> so the youth group and a bunch of the congregation members blew up balloons. We put positive messages inside them. And then before that Super Bowl party, I had gone and took, like, I don't know, six, seven, eight, whatever they were, huge black trash bags of balloons <laughs> and emptied them all over her office. And I was like, oh, this is going to be fun tomorrow. <laughs> Welcome to church. <laughs> and it was great. It was. 
It was it sounds, was really fun. Sounds like a good surprise, though. It was a good surprise. I mean, there are some surprises that can go off the rails a bit, but yes. yeah, and well, and it was one of those things where it's it, she doesn't really like like surprises. I am so in trouble. He showed tomorrow. up with donuts. That's a good <laughs> idea. Okay, it was he showed up with a peace offering. <laughs> but it was great. It was it was a really good surprise, and it was a lovely. Um, welcome. I still have the pictures. It's really fun. The, well, that first week you also told me, you were like, okay, so, you know, here are the few conditions that I have with working <laughs> with you and the normal don't be a boneheaded youth director. But one of them was no snakes. Oh, yeah, no snakes. No snakes. Yeah. So it was eight years and I was like, hey, I think I'm going to do a thing and I'm going to bring snakes to church. Like real ones? Oh, yeah. They weren't like, not like rubber snakes? Oh, yeah. Well, but they were okay. in the park. Oh, okay. And he told me, so I didn't have to be there. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I was okay. just like, hey, it's been eight years. Maybe I can test the water on that one a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, outside. <laughs> and I don't have to be there. Yeah, outside. <laughs> Look, I don't like snakes either, so I'm completely with you on Thank this you one. Can. Like, I would not have been cool with. I loved it. I mean, I walked around with an 80-pound boa constrictor around my neck for the rest of that evening. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, well, I am weird. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. So I will say that um, I came to the church. Nell and I came to the church, and there was the previous pastor mm-hmm. um, when we joined the church. And it's a whole—that's a whole conversation. Yeah. Um, because we were supposed to get married in the church. Um, because if we just—if we go back just a little bit further, um, Nell's mom grew up in the church because her grandfather was on the original building committee for the actual, the church now where it sits now. So, um, we were supposed to get married there and we had invitations printed and all of these things. And then we're told that, Oh, they're going to renovate the sanctuary, but you can have Snyder hall. And that sat like a lead balloon. I bet, yeah. <laughs> it did not sit well. So, um, yeah, long story short, um, the pastor actually married us at a different church. Um, but yeah, and then shortly after that, you know, it was we were in search of a pastor. And it was just like, oh, wonder what's, wonder who we're going to get. I must say that I was pleasantly surprised um, with Robin. <laughs> not, not surprised after meeting you but you never know what you're i mean you never know who they're going to choose you really have you know there was a committee and everything like that so you never know what you're getting but i will absolutely say that uh i uh, we both like you very much oh thank you (laughs) so uh that's what i mean you now like presbyterians yeah yeah and now we like presbyterians the drink that's right as well as the people that's right they they are your people they they are my people so (laughs) Um, yeah, I was, uh, you know, was, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. We both I am are. Too. We both are. So, yeah. So, I mean, that, I guess that kind of brings us to the biggest piece that Kenny and I have been talking about in, well, I guess it's been two episodes now. This yeah. is the second. Yeah. Uh, we, we were talking through the bits and pieces of what is community as Kenny's built it as he's traveled, Mm-hmm. Um, bits and pieces of what has happened here in the community as it's been built in the church. So the grander topic that we've been exploring is, is community uh, at, at every aspect, at every level, mm-hmm. whether it's sitting down and having a drink or just 
being in fellowship together in church. Ah. So it's the question, I guess, is more of what is it to build community from a faith perspective, but also looking at the larger surroundings of a church and connecting into that. Yeah, there's so many layers to that. Um, And I think you being there eight and a half years and me eight, we're just starting to figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like the timing works, though, because you've been there a very similar amount of time. So, Yeah, I mean, um, I guess what I heard before I went into ministry a lot is that it takes about five years before, you know, that you're at a church, before people really feel confident that like, okay, they're here with us. We can trust them. We can let our guard down a little bit. Um, I actually feel like it took me closer to seven because we had COVID in the midst of that. Mm. And I had two kids in the midst of that. Um, But there is a powerful thing about staying and being in a community and saying, this is where I'm going to put down roots. And it's not always the easiest thing. I mean, this isn't where I'm from. Mm -hmm. The first... um, remember the first year I was here, I'd like meet someone, you know, at a grocery store or a coffee shop, and I'd be like, oh, are you from around here? And they'd say, oh, no, I'm from Myerstown, or I'm from Jonestown. And I was like, oh, I am sunk. Like, I am never going to be from here. No, I'm not from Lebanon. I'm from Myerstown. <laughs> um, and it, that is, I, I saw it a little bit when I was in the Harrisburg area, but even more here, that yeah. it's a community where people live for generations. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of strength in that. But it's also a little bit tricky to build community personally. And I'm still trying to figure out that in ministry because I haven't been here for generations, but I'm here. And and my generations of people... <laughs> are in different places. Okay, well, my parents and sister didn't move here, but that's another story. <laughs> um, but what it, what I figured out, it took me several years down the Harrisburg area, is when people are like, oh, I've been here forever, most of the time that often means like they don't need any more people in their lives. Mm. And, and sometimes that's true, and I get that. You know, there's only so much bandwidth each person has mm. for, you know, in-depth relationships. Yeah. Um, that's hard, though, mm-hmm. when you're moving in. Sure. And, I mean, my closest friends are in South Dakota and New Mexico mm. and South Colorado. Dakota. People move, you yeah, know? Yeah, Well, where I'm from, people move. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I know very few people in California that it's like, oh, my grandma lives down the street. Like, that's not normal. It's normal here. Yeah, very And much. actually, now it's normal for my kids, which I love. Yeah. Mm. But that wasn't my norm in California. You know, my grandparents were a couple hours away and... You saw them sometimes, and hmm. um, that's an interesting that's an interesting concept to bring up because yeah, this is an area that people live for generations and generations mm-hmm. and generations, and you don't hear about people leaving that often. And when they do, it's be like, well, we moved to Harrisburg or we right. moved to Lancaster, you know, a half an hour away. <laughs> so yeah, and I mean, you and I are both Pennsylvania natives. Sure, you, you being Lebanon, mm-hmm. I grew up in Pittsburgh, and I mean that mentality feels incredibly familiar for me because that's just, that's how it was at home. Uh, But I also think that's one of the strongest things about what you've done here is not only have you been here in community, you have established uh, your family and, and built community in this moment and time with where you're at. 
Well, it's always funny to hear those things from another perspective because, like, my hope, my, I was thinking as we came into this year, like, maybe this is my year to build community because, you know, it's like I built my family, you know, which I, at some point I was almost going to just say, okay, that dream's gone. Let's just move on. Yeah. Um, but then that happened, and that's amazing. That's a dream fulfilled. But I haven't had time really to build a community we lived in Gretna, and we only knew our closest neighbors because our life was just crazy. Yeah. And that's such a strong community. And then we moved to South Anvil. And and it's that, you know, my friends that are in Pennsylvania are still near the Harrisburg area, and I need to find a way to build friends here. So I'm thinking that, you know, my youngest will be two in May. Maybe there's just enough space to try and figure out if I can build a community for me personally here. Um, professionally, as a gift that started happened last, a couple years ago, another pastor called and said, well, let's have coffee. And I'm like, well, I'm in my third trimester and there's a pandemic. So how about we have coffee over Zoom? And he graciously <laughs> agreed. And it was really nice to just get to know him. And then he invited me to this pastor's group that isn't competitive, that really is just about building up the community and one another and, um, that has been a great gift. It's nice to have it not be competitive. Yeah, it's it's so often. I don't know if it's true in every profession, but you get a bunch of pastors together and they're like competitive about their churches, which is silly. Because <laughs> like we're all supposed to be on the same team. Exactly. That's what I was just going to say. I'm like, we're, I mean, you're supposed to have the same end goal yeah. is building that community. You know, it would help a lot if we were drinking Presbyterians or or just straight scotch, whatever. I'm open. Well, you know, I'll stick with the Presbyterians. You could you guys can have the scotch if you like, Um, because this is this is nice. This is nice. But I think I'm still hoping to build community. But it's been a joy this year to see the community at the church start to open up. Well, and one of the things with kids, I just. I was considering and thinking through this the other day that's the wildest bit where it's when we moved here as a family my son was four my daughter was two or just turning two she was little oh my gosh you yeah and the little curls and the, <laughs> <laughs> she was a cute sweet little girl and now she's a 10 year old going on 30 and um you know both of my kids are 13 and 10 and a big bit for us in engaging and connecting further was when they got to school age and yeah. connected in with their friends and the school community. And I mean, that's been huge for us, for, for Melinda and I with, it feels weird as the kids have gotten friends. We've gotten friends. Mm. Uh, and some of that's just proxy and, and location, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. I think the, uh, community aspect of it. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name. Not gonna name names. But the uh, the there's one family in particular in the church. And I think you know who you are if you're listening. Um, that really pushes the community aspect of it and started having like these functions at their house. You know, like every month and things like that. And that really brings people together. Yeah. Um, and I've gotten to know some people from the church in a bit of a different way, um, you know, outside of those four walls. And, you know, that's commendable too. And it's just like you find things out about people that you didn't know. And you also find out they, you, they may be a little bit more fun than you knew. 
Um, and all of those, all of those things happen. But even Robin, I mean, we've known each other for a while, been talking at church and things like that. But you know, until we got to really talking outside of church, you know, where we build our personal community, and that's how this thing, this whole thing, came to be. You know what I mean? So um, there's a there's a community aspect to you building it for church, but then there's a community aspect you need for yourself too, right. because you moved all the way across the country. So and yep. they can be a little. They're probably a little bit separate and should be, you know, in a way. Yeah, I mean, they can overlap, um, but yeah. Yeah. That, that is absolutely what I'm like, well, maybe this year is. Um, yeah. But I am still trying to understand this community, so I'm going to turn this around, Ken. Okay. <laughs> so you grew up here. So help me understand. I, it's really hard to get to know people when they don't share their stories. And yeah. I find that it's really hard to get people to share their stories here. So tell me, hmm. tell me the secret. Man, I don't actually know the answer to why people don't share their story. Okay, take another sip and try again. Maybe they. <laughs> <laughs> I need an answer. Yeah, I mean, maybe on some, maybe on some level, if they've just been there here their whole life, they yeah. don't really think they have a story to share. Oh, interesting. Um, you know, they don't have that story of I moved halfway mm. or the whole way across the country or i moved from another country or yeah i just grew up here farming and that's what i do that's my story maybe they don't feel like it's um you know a lot to listen to that makes sense um i, I don't know if that's the answer but i feel like it mm. might be i can tell you it's interesting for you to say that you know people from around here have lived here for generations and i was part of that and, you know, I used to joke with my dad, like a vacation for him was, was going to Lowe's. I used to make fun of him. You have to pack a bag. You know, you going to Lowe's? Oh, did you pack an overnight bag? You know, that kind of stuff. Because <laughs> that's who my dad was. He was he was a homebody, didn't leave the area. You know, my whole family was that way. And one of the best things that has ever happened to me was, was meeting Nell um, for a lot of reasons. But in this sense, it was I saw a different side because her mm -hmm. family was from here but moved away i mean not far baltimore to let you know an hour and a half but um you know her dad was all over the place traveling his whole life and just traveling and not being home was very normal to them mm -hmm. so when i started traveling with her it became very normal to me and now um i fully expect that you know 10 years from now we probably won't be living here in central pennsylvania i expect that um, now, will it happen? I don't know, but I expect, and I'm fully comfortable with that. But 15 years ago, I'd have been like, no, I mean, that's where I live. Right. Yeah. And so you alluded to that. Be like, people are from here and this is where they're from. They didn't even think about mm -hmm. going somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but maybe they just don't feel like they have a story to share. Well, that's interesting. I, I do believe that it has a story to share. I do too. I, I can absolutely see that, you know, like how to find ways to connect to people and, hear those parts of it and actually that's one of the things i love about being a pastor that i didn't expect mm -hmm. is that you end up being invited to share these pivotal such meaningful moments of people's lives you know, absolutely baptisms funerals weddings you know you walk with people in these parts of their seasons of their lives and it is that is the biggest joy yeah that's great because it matters yeah it completely matters and in those moments they really need someone um, that to, to take the reins, to be there, to, you know, whatever. You don't have to do You just have to be there. Yes. 
and offer a few words and it's just being there and I think that's that's such an important thing. My epiphany word is presence, not community. And epiphany words are like <laughs> words of intention or words to sort of follow through the year. Uh, and so presence actually felt perfect because yeah. it is connected to community. It but is. it's about meaningful time, being present with one another and seeking a place to be present. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting year. Yeah, so what I'm hearing um, is need to have some more gatherings this summer. <laughs> I uh so are you volunteering? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. We have a nice deck and, you know, Great. a space. It doesn't always have to be the same person, right? So, yeah, I mean, we can hang out here. Well, before Riley was born, how long ago was that? Six years, because Troy and I weren't married. I had a Cinco, Cinco de Mayo party. Mm-hmm. You and Nell helped with that. That was great. That was very, yeah, that was pretty early on in your time here. So that yeah, was. Yeah, I didn't know that wasn't normal. We just did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, Pennsylvania, we don't know what Cinco de Mayo is. I, well, well, the it, bars do. You know what? Well, yeah. Quite honestly, it's not that something I'm that connected to either. I just really like margaritas. So. Yeah. So I was good. I actually was going to bring this up earlier, and we went down <laughs> a different path, so I forgot. So I was fully expecting your drink of choice to be a margarita. Ah. That's what I expected. So when I heard that it wasn't, I was shocked. I'm like, okay. It could have been. But it's not summer. I get that. That would have been a little better. If well, it was quite honestly, I bought degrees. a bottle of tequila yeah. yesterday because February usually the winter gets to me, and I have to pretend. <sighs> So I, I hear I that 100. Um, but that is one of the things that is interesting to me is like living in a place with seasons. Yeah, is how it affects you in different ways. And one of them is I drink red wine in the winter. I drink white wine in the summer. Love red wine. Yeah, <laughs> and, not a huge and fan of white wine. It's just a little seasonal. Red. Yeah. How I mean, speaking so in the area of California where you're from, uh-huh. what were the seasonal swings there? I mean, if if <laughs> if, if any, if, if any. <laughs> All right, so um, we have June gloom, which is essentially the marine layer comes in and sits there. So it's like it's cold a little bit in June, right? It's like C- sixty. Oh, okay. I was gonna say define cold. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's horrible. I did have a winter coat growing up, but it's for when we went to the mountains. I was gonna say for sixty. <laughs> You look up and it's, but in California, even in the summer, you always need a sweatshirt because the sun goes down and it gets cold. The humidity is not there to hold the heat in the air. So it gets cold. Um, What is it? Mark Twain famous for saying the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. (laughs) Well, San Francisco has this like weird microclimate. Yeah, it does. That, I mean, we was in San Francisco once and it was like, it was wild. Like the different areas you were in, like it was completely different climate. I was like, yeah. what is going on here? <laughs> like I literally went a couple of miles and it was, it was totally, uh, totally. Yeah. I don't, I don't, it's interesting to think about living in an area that doesn't have the wild swings that we have here. Um, mm-hmm. I think I would be okay with it. I would, if I could give one thing up about the weather, it would be the ice. Yeah. Mm. I think because we're sort of in the that middle state area. Yes. We get these, what, wintery mixes. Yeah. Uh, those are horrible. Could it just be snow or not snow? But it seems like that has hard. gotten more prevalent the last few years. In, I mean, I don't, I don't have any historical facts to back that up, but um, it just seems like 
any snow we get is just this nuisance, you know, just messy, sloppy nonsense. Yeah. You know, it's like just give me, if it's gonna snow, snow, like give us two feet, shut the shut the town down for a day or so, <laughs> and like move on, right? Don't give me this two inches and then some ice. Although my favorite snowstorm. So before I had kids, I always wrote my sermons on Saturday. Then I had kids. That was impossible. <laughs> <laughs> and now you do it whenever, right. is, whenever you can. So it was Saturday before Easter. So I don't know what day it was because Easter moves around. And I woke up the morning. I sat down with my laptop on the floor and I started writing and it started snowing. And I was like, huh, OK. And I'm writing and it snows and falls for about an inch and a half. And then it stops. And I was like, OK, I can deal with that. And then the sun came out and melted it. So by the time I was done with the sermon, the snow was gone. It's interesting. Hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's uh well, I <laughs> living in Gretna, I can imagine those little like 1 2 inch snows probably were really great to look at from inside your house cuz it's just Oh, it's beautiful. It's like a picturesque like it's cool driving into Gretna like on like 117 or something as it snows. Yeah. yeah. Or as it has snowed and then it's just all the trees are just that little layer but it's all white. Hmm. I I loved Gretna and I loved the trees, but I don't miss Every time there's a windstorm, being like, hold on to the ground trees. <laughs> I don't worry, miss that prayer in my that life. that they're going to fall on your house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I understand that. I mean, I feel that way sometimes. We have a large tree out front and a large tree out back, mm-hmm. and I feel like, yeah, they seem relatively healthy, but... When when's the day gonna come along that we're gonna find out if they're relatively healthy? Because yeah. one of them hangs over the house, and I'm like, oh, you know. So what I did love about Gretna though is it really was a wonderful community. I mean, when COVID hit, my oldest son was 15 months old, and he didn't get in a car for three months. Oh wow! So that was it, and so he went on walks every day around Gretna, mm. and you know everyone was like, oh yeah, he can play in our yard. So. My oldest son doesn't really understand property lines. <laughs> I mean, I don't like, think kids really do in general. <laughs> this this is the world for me to explore. Sure. And they were all so nice. And it, our new neighbors are nice, but I don't know them very well yet. Yeah. You know, there are people just, they, they opened up and were like, this is a place for you to be. Yeah. And that was that was such a great gift, especially when we were like stuck there yeah, with in, a child who needed to be out. In that in that situation, that's a tough situation for anyone to be in, let alone a child. You explain that to them, you know, explain why you can't be around people. Yeah, explain why we're not going to see grandma and grandpa. Yeah. Don't want to do that. No, no, that's that's not fun. I'm I'm glad for the most part that's 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 over with so yeah i i agree this is the this is the year so yeah this this is is the year to get to know our community and one of the things i am most excited about is the people who have said yes i'm going to be a part of this family and help us change a little bit Mm -hmm. because people who have grown up in different places people who have come in and say, You're, we see you and we welcome you. And they say, I will be known here. Mm-hmm. And we start to know them. And some of them may have their first language as Spanish. Or we have some people coming recently who are from India. And That's great. And it opens our perspective of the world, which is such a gift. Because I, I hear you on traveling. Like, I have been blessed to travel the world mostly because my grandmother loved it. And so she made sure her grandkids... Mm-hmm traveled yes and we did and 
I love that this place has built-in generations, but we also want to connect to the richness of all different kinds of experiences. Yeah, sometimes the area can seem a little bit closed off from the rest of the world, um, I feel like. And part of it is because of everybody that lives here is from here, or most, and have been forever. And traveling has really done it for me, like getting out there and just meeting people. Mm-hmm. Um, and hearing other stories has just been awesome, honestly. It's the best thing about traveling. There's a beautiful diversity, though, just down the road from who we are here. Yep. Yeah, there is. And it Very just much. takes a little bit of walking outside. Yeah. You know, just a little. I, and, and I guess I'm seeing it because I, I've been trying to do that just mm-hmm. a little with, okay, I'm just going to go out the door and see what happens. Look at all the people we get for Trunk or Treat. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I mean, just unbelievable. The turnout for that is great. And part of it is it's a safe space for everyone. You know, the parents can come in and let their kids roam around the area because you, you know, you don't have to worry about um, their safety. And, you know, there's people everywhere. Um, but it's yeah. great just to see the community um, support that event. And I feel like they're not supporting that event. We're, we're supporting them. They're supporting our event. And we're coming together. So that's cool. Yeah. And I think as we move forward, there's a, a challenge in that while sometimes we don't feel like we have very much of a story, is still to own where we are mm-hmm. and to welcome in a way that says, we see you and we welcome you here and we want to know you. Mm-hmm. And part of that is saying, we will let you know us too. Yes. <laughs> yes, you have to you have to let yeah. your walls down too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think it's uh I think so, we're heading into a great year. Uh, I'll toss this out there. One of the best analogies I heard from a different pastor, sorry. That's uh, right. Was that we want the church to be an airport. We want it to be somewhere where mm. people can come and go where there are people here to support and people here who are gonna go out and you know, it it's rotational. You'll see people coming and going, but the, the point is we're here. Yeah, I've heard, I think you've shared the airport thing with me before, and I've heard other people use the analogy of a gas station. Um, earlier this week, I was reading a book called Between the, T- Between the Telling and the Listening, and it's by Mark Iaconelli, and as he was writing, he was talking about someone who was hired, it wasn't him, but he was hired to be at Heathrow Airport for a week and then to write about it. And one of the things he noticed is everyone, as they come out of the gate area, into where the people are waiting, even if they know there's not someone there, like they're in, they're in their destination city, they're not arriving home, they know they have a rental car, everyone looks mm-hmm. to see if they know someone. Yeah. Because everyone wants to be seen and be welcomed. Yes, that's a fact. Yeah. Uh, sorry, that draws me to one of the, your recent vlog videos where you went and met Nell at the airport uh-huh. <laughs> with signs and she wasn't expecting it. Yes, and I can't, that wasn't my idea, but I was part of it. And I, how was it? It was fun. <laughs> it was, <laughs> so she, uh, she parked, um, yeah, she went from HIA to, I think she connected in Philly and then to... Cincinnati, which is actually Cincinnati's airport, is actually in Kentucky, which is maybe a little known fact. But, um, but so I was, we were at John and Aaron's house, and well, I went to John and Aaron's house, so she was just going to get home and just come over there. 
And they were like, hey, we should go to, we should make signs and go to the airport. Okay. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So then it was like, all right, well, we've been drinking. Um, <laughs> and, and then John, I, I don't know who, who said, well, we'll just Uber. <laughs> so for zero reason at all, we made signs, got an Uber, <laughs> took it to HIA and stood there and waited in like the lobby coming I mean, HIA yeah. is, is tiny. So, I mean, everybody comes through, everybody yeah, comes the out the same area. And the so, rocking chairs. Yeah, so you don't have to worry that you're going to miss her yeah. because that's not possible at HIA. No. And there were, plus it was late too. So, yeah. you know, there was maybe two or three flights coming in the entire night. So, um, so there we stood with these, with these signs and just like funny signs, like, uh, our friend Aaron made a sign that said, congrats on your early parole. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and our godson Jack made a sign. It was something like, well, it's so there's a joke. People used to call her Neil because like in business, people on the other end, for whatever reason, they saw Neil, not Nell. And so he used to say Neil. So our godson made a sign, said, welcome home, Neil. We need you to take us home because we took an Uber here. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, but it was fun. Like, there was no reason. There was, but there it, is, right? You know, yeah. I mean, we didn't need to spend the $20 Uber ride right. over to the airport, but it turned out to be a pretty cool story. So, yeah. Well, and, I mean, Nell's not in the room, but I have to imagine, like, she had to know how valued she is. And it's like, hey, we want you to know that we love that you're back. Right. And it was hilarious because she was vlogging her trip also, doing, like, solo <laughs> travel. But... Coming, you know, coming back out into the airport, she wasn't filming. She had the camera like thrown over her shoulder, but you could see her when she saw us, like fumbling to try to grab this camera and start filming because these four weirdos were standing there with these signs. <laughs> and she's dying me? laughing. Oh, that's great. Dying laughing and trying to like fumble with the camera to get it to start recording. Meanwhile, I'm recording. Her. her response because yes. I was also vlogging my end of it home alone uh, for the weekend. I expected so, more house traps from your vlog, and all I got was you vacuuming. I just wanted that was shampooing. Yeah, it was shampooing <laughs> the carpet. You're welcome to come to my house anytime you want. Kat. I love to shampoo. I, honestly, <laughs> I, could, I need to give our shampooer to somebody because now we don't have any carpet in the house anymore. So I have this mm. relatively nice shampooer that I. I, I don't, I don't think we have carpet either. I don't actually. need so, but I do but love. Our floors to, are always in. I do love to clean. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of cleaning. But what if, like that picture of what'd you say? Four idiots holding signs. <laughs> yeah, that was us. Like, what if that is a vision for community? Well, yeah, and even a vision for the church in the community, like yeah. for people to say, "Hey, we're gonna see you, and we're gonna welcome you." Right. We're gonna we're gonna get out on a Sunday morning, stand on the sidewalk with four signs. <laughs> this explains why she stuck me outside with a playground this summer. Hey. Yep. <laughs> That that playground turned out to be a pretty cool, pretty cool it thing did. for the church. Oh That's, my gosh! It's, yes, it's pretty. It turned out really, really nicely too. Yeah, look at the idiot out there with the foam machine. Go say hi. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> your foam machine at uh, Craig's that time. Yeah, that and, and that, I'll tell you what. That's a great machine. Yeah, it's it it's fun. That builds community. It, you know, it, wildly enough, it does. Because I was down sitting around the pool. It's like, huh. I'm going to go up there and see uh, and run through that foam. 
It, it's actually one of the few pictures I have with you with something that resembles hair. Yeah, there hasn't been any of that in a did while. Did that make the slideshow for the 22nd? It did not. Oh, shoot. Uh, yeah, there was like a yeah, yeah. giant yeah. foam like yeah. pompadour thing. <laughs> so. I know. All kidding aside, though, I think that is such a great story for community uh-huh. and for the church. Like, mm. to show up with signs yeah. so people know that they are seen and mm-hmm. welcomed and known. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, yeah. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm sure it was a lot of fun to see coming and you weren't expecting it. So yeah. Okay, make sure I know which vlog that is. Okay. I'll okay. share I'll share it with you. It's <laughs> the yeah, it's the second to last vlog. So and the, the the last vlog that was released was my version of so I went around to like the local farms and stuff because that's sort of what we do on a Saturday when we're home is we'll go to the farm and buy vegetables. Then we'll go to the other farm and get our meat and eggs and things like that. So I vlogged that part of it going to these little farms. Yeah. That's the one you want to watch if you want to see Nell's unedited reaction as her and them screaming oh yeah and yeah so i'm one recording as she's like fumbling to get the camera because i gotta get this on camera so um yeah so that's if you want to see her reaction to the whole weirdos with the sign yeah that's where you'll see it so i think that's that though is what people i i believe that's what people are looking for in community yep i would agree mm, i would agree all right so i think it's time to uh wrap Kenny's this nuggies. up kenny's nuggies oh Every boy time. yeah I'm going to drive you nuts with it. I haven't uh, put any thought into this one. <laughs> any thought into this one at all. Well, would you like to uh, put our guest on the spot and see yeah. what wisdom she has to share? I, I in think that we should. Yeah. Thing? You know what? What, what, I, what is this? Like, so we do a he, This is something that Rob wanted to do. So well, now let me ahead. defend this. So he does a post every. Sorry. Almost every day. Yeah, almost every day with a coffee cup and a yes. little bit of, you know, why life is good or, you know, things to look forward in the day. And, I have read those. Yeah, and just out of joking this summer, talking with him and Nell, I said, oh, it's like Kenny's Nuggies of Wisdom every day. And so it just kind of <laughs> stuck, and it's okay. Well, that fits perfectly into the podcast. But I think this is a good, this is a good segue when we have a guest on. Since Robin is our first actual guest. Are you guest. dodging this? No. No. The <laughs> guest should share a little bit of wisdom. I'm a little bit dodging this. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm out of bourbon here. Yeah, and I'm just about out of bourbon. I've I'm been just, out of bourbon. <laughs> well, I feel... Okay. I, I sip mine very slowly, apparently. Um but, I mean, if I had to share uh, anything, and I guess it just goes along with actually from the last episode, was, you know, when we talked about don't be afraid just to talk to people. Mm. You know, be open to talk to whoever is standing next to you. Like, not in a weird way, you know, but, like, be open to conversation with anyone, and that's how you find out some really, really cool stories. And, um, you know, it could have... The original... the I never was involved with church at all other than my Sunday school. So I never really had a desire to go really ever. And, you know, it was like, okay, when we were getting married, it was like, all right, well, you know, we got to do this. And it was like, all right, well, we'll get married at St. Andrews because it's their, you know, part of the family. And, but I never had any intention to actually go to St. Andrews. Um, But, you know, there you are. So just be open to anything because it turned out, 
like I stated earlier, I have lifelong friends. Um, two of them are in this room. Um, but I have lifelong friends from just going to, just deciding to go to that church. Yeah. And so just be open to anything, even if you don't think you're going to enjoy it. So mm. I can build on that easily. Oh, please. It got thrown over is when you started to talk about, you know, be open to hearing other people's stories. Mm. I think we also need to be open to sharing our stories and the, mm. that part, you know, when there's a part of you that's like, oh, I don't want to say that. Say it. Maybe, yeah. Say it. Yeah. Share it. Yeah. Uh, Nell has gotten uh, really, not to throw it back, but Nell has gotten good at that um, because she she threw herself into the public with the, you know, the venture that she was on. And I, people really respond to really knowing you. Yeah. Um, and if they know you and they trust you, they're going to also probably work with you when it relates to like a business standpoint. Like it just wants somebody that's genuine because nobody's perfect, but they want somebody that's genuine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wild how much we delude ourselves that nobody wants to actually know us when the answer is yes, they do. Yeah. 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 If you dig in, they absolutely do what, cause I do. And I, I, I want to know, I love, love hearing stories um, about, how if you're not from here, how you got here, why you got here, all of those things that they fascinate me. So anyway, so all right, so that's where we're gonna wrap it up for today. Robin, we appreciate you being the very first actual guest <laughs> on the Drunk Squirrel <laughs> podcast. Um, and Rob appreciates you stealing a seat. Hey, go for it. I, I got a spinny seat. He I mean, got it. He got it. So that's gonna be the that's gonna be the additional seat when we have a third person in here. So, <laughs> and I don't know what we're gonna do when we have a fourth person because yeah. we do have we do have the ability to do four. So, um, well, we'll see if we get there at some point. So, at, at the rate things are going, we might have to talk about six. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll have to buy some. We we'll have to buy some more equipment, but. Anyway, Robin, again, thanks for being on. We appreciate you sharing everything. Yes. And uh, so, yeah, we will uh, thanks for listening to the Drunk Squirrel Podcast, and we'll see you again in two weeks. Absolutely. Cheers. 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 Thanks for listening to the Drunk Squirrel. No need to pay a tab. Just be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and drop us a line at drunksquirrel82 at gmail.com. Cheers. <laughs>